Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? Ready. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag NBA. It's been great. They, they really have been. They've done everything right as far as I'm concerned. I mean, when, when you think about that, uh, we're running a village for the first time. We're doing, Lee's doing pretty well in city management. There is a lot of stuff we can do here, but as far as our health, we have an app every morning that you have to do. You're wearing bands. Everybody are wearing face masks, you know, when you're out in public. That's Doc Rivers talking about how well things are going in the bubble. The Clippers, though, shorthanded again, PK Patrick Beverly has left the bubble in Orlando due to an emergency personal matter. He intends to rejoin the team in the future. Montrezl Harrell already left the bubble for a family emergency. A little shorthanded, I guess, here if things get started. I guess it depends on how fast Beverly gets back. It does. Clippers proposed new basketball arena taking another step forward towards becoming a reality. Inglewood City Council unanimously approving the environmental impact for report for what is being called the Inglewood Basketball and Entertainment Center. It's going to be part of that whole development with the new NFL stadium. The environment there, the environmental impact report, what are they looking at? Traffic? I mean, it's not like they're, uh, you know, tearing up a forest there. Uh, yeah, well, I think they have some form of what would you call wildlife that, that is around there. All sorts of stuff you need to look at. It's part of governmental regulations. Utah Jazz is going to wear a patch to honor the life and legacy of former head coach Jerry Sloan. We'll have the number 1223. Of course, he won over 1,000 games. He won 1,223 games. So the number 1223 on it to signify... The total wins he had, his career, his impact, his legacy with the Jazz. Is that a number that rolls off your tongue? One, two, two, three. Yeah, it's just the Jazz, though, because he did have more than that. The Will family, who owns the Minnesota Vikings franchise, have emerged as a top candidate to buy the Minnesota Timberwolves franchise from owner Glenn Taylor. Former Timberwolves star Kevin Garnett is forming a group with hopes of buying the team as well. Uh, Glenn Taylor has a stipulation. Whoever buys the franchise needs to keep it in Minneapolis. PK, this could be it. New ownership. Change the fortunes of a woe-begone franchise. One winning season in 15 years. Was it bad ownership? Doesn't it start at the top after 15 years? It's a lot of hiring GMs and coaches there. I mean, yes, I I think there have been bad players and, you know, bad decisions along the way. But when you get to that point, I, I do look at ownership. 15 years. Okay. All right. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. According to reports, NFL teams' training camp rosters will be pared down to 80 players rather than the regular 90-man rosters. And the NFL Players Association and the owners agreeing to have no preseason games ahead of the 2020 season. Ongoing health and safety protocol negotiations. You love this, PK. That's not enough negotiations. There's going to be more negotiations. You know how you feel about negotiations. Well, it doesn't seem like they need that many guys if they're not going to be playing the preseason games. True. 
Do they need that many guys to figure out who should be on the 53-man roster? I don't know what they're doing with that many guys. Maybe they need that many guys for the inter-squad scrimmages that will replace the preseason games. Uh, how many guys? 80. 80 guys. Uh, are they... Uh well, it's really a 50, but it's really like 63 because then they keep 10 other guys. They do. They do keep some of the guys, yeah. So that's, you know, you compare that to how many a uh, basketball team will bring in, how many uh, baseball, traditionally a 40-man roster. That seems in line. That gives them uh, an extra player or so. I mean, some of the people who make that squad come off other teams' cuts, depending on what, you know, club you are. Uh, so that gives you basically an extra guy at every spot. So I guess that would be about right. Three-time Pro Bowl defensive end Michael Bennett announced his retirement yesterday on social media after 11 years in the NFL. Played for the Seahawks, the Bucks, the Eagles, the Patriots, and the Cowboys. Won the Super Bowl with uh, Seattle. Is that normal? Five teams in 11 years? Or is that bounce? That seems like it's bouncing around a lot. Well, he's had some issues, yeah. obviously. Yeah. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. The three Chick-fil-A kickoff games in Atlanta, Georgia, scheduled for the season are at risk of being canceled as the ACC and the SEC determine what they will do this season with their schedules. Financial impact of losing the three games would be somewhere in the vicinity of $100 million, according to Peach Bowl CEO Gary Stoken. You got... So many teams down there with so many passionate fan bases, and, and not all the teams that play there are local or regional, but uh, usually the game has at least one anchor team that's regional, so you can see a big impact there. A lot of, uh, a lot of people traveling to Atlanta for those games. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's what they do. Schedules come out. People start planning. You can see it in hotel rates around various places. Having been a traveler for college football for many years, you, you know, the longer you wait, the more the prices go up and all that type of stuff. So, yeah, so, so many folks schedule their lives around this stuff, basically. And, yeah, the economic impact, not just to the schools, but to the cities and so forth, as you say, is enormous. This year, uh, West Virginia and Florida State were supposed to play. At Florida State, what is that, probably like a two-hour drive maybe to Atlanta? Uh, Virginia and Georgia, who's obviously right there in state, and then North Carolina and Auburn, and Auburn's another. Both both those schools would be easily drivable to Atlanta, so you can see where they'd have three pretty big crowds: September fifth, seventh, and twelfth. Notre Dame athletic director Jack Swarbrick says he'd like to see the college football season delayed to evaluate the circumstances on campus as students return from the COVID nineteen pandemic said he expects the fighting Irish to play games but he does expect a reduced schedule of eight to ten games as the final number of games would come in keeping with the health and safety of players in mind of course he's already had a couple games canceled so he's gone from I don't know the schedule off the top of the head but you know there's a couple of Pac-12 games and you know that they usually have a couple of Big Ten games playing uh, Michigan Michigan State they've played Purdue over the years although I think they've gone away from that one a little bit I guess I don't understand that logic. So uh, if you're worried about the health and safety, why is 8 to 10 okay? Wouldn't it, if, you're, if it's that big of a deal, wouldn't it be zero? I think it could be. I think they just don't want to go to that first. I think they're hoping the numbers now die down in August and September. Maybe this costs them some games early in the season, but that uh, you know, after, after that the numbers go down and they're able to play. I guess that would be the hope. 
<laughs> yeah, hopes doesn't get you anywhere, though. I'm not a big hope guy. <laughs> uh, they had a, a Wisconsin game canceled also, so they lost another game there. So they're down to nine games now. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. Toronto Blue Jays are expected to play the majority, if not all, of their games this season at PNC Park in Pittsburgh. The official announcement pending approval from the state of Pennsylvania. So they talked about Buffalo, but they wanted a major league stadium in Pittsburgh, not that far from Buffalo. And you've been there. Picturesque, PK. Okay, empty. But picturesque nonetheless. A lot of times it was fairly empty, giving it Pittsburgh... It's not good. They were good for a bit. Now it seems like they're going through a rebuilding program. But, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a nice stadium if that's what they want to do. And Pittsburgh is fine with it. Fine with me. DJ and PK. Hashtag RSL. Rail Salt Lake wrapping up group play this morning against Sporting Kansas City. The game just started in Orlando. It's on ESPN Live now. And RSL had stellar uh, efforts defensively, giving up one game in four, one goal in four games, gave up one goal in the first minute. They're already losing Johnny Russell scoring in the opening minute. They're now in the fifth minute in Orlando. We can keep you up to date on that. If RSL loses this game, they could drop to finish third in the group. Uh, if they win by the same margin as Minnesota, they could win the group. So first, second, third place, everything hanging in the balance right now. But they're down after giving up the early goal. What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up this morning, we are going to talk baseball restart with Steve Klauke. He joins us at 8 o'clock, play-by-play voice of the Salt Lake Bees. And Joe Ingles from the bubble at 9 o'clock, the rare miss from Joe last week, but what could he do? They had practices scheduled during the show with the time change and everything, so nothing to do about that. Quinn, I'm out of this drill. I gotta call the guys. Not, not something appropriate. I'm done shooting threes for a minute, boys. Not something appropriate to blurt out there. So, But he will join us. The schedule allows him to join us at 9 o'clock this morning, so be here for Joe Ingles. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Let's go! The Big Show. It's a big deal! With Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Bruce Feldman, Fox Sports, as well as The Athletic. How catastrophic is the doomsday scenario of no football? I think it depends on which university you're looking at. Is it for mid-American conference programs who lost big paydays when the Big Ten decided to say only conference games and how that's impactful? Or is it talking about tens of millions of dollars if a season doesn't happen at any point for the Power Five in the academic year and how impactful that is for the rest of their universities? I think there's just all sorts of variables that are in this that right now I think it really depends on who you ask and what part of the spreadsheet they're looking at. The Big Show, weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hot Takes or Toast is brought to you by Master Electrical Services. Master Electrical is always open during this challenging time. Call Master Electrical at 801-543-2222 for upfront pricing and your satisfaction guaranteed. Master Electrical will light up your day. Question of the morning. On our Facebook page, DJ and PK, Jazz Basketball is less than 48 hours away. You in? And Hank PK is right back at you. All in. 
I respect that the players stand up for what they believe in, and I'm right there with them. Go Jazz! He's referencing the politics, and we got a lot of people here who are out because they're politics. Ron says, what politics? Ron says not this year. As long as politics are in sports, I'm out. I haven't watched an NFL game in two years. I live in Vegas and won't even be following the Raiders. Uh, you're going to have a narrow window of entertainment options then if that's going to be your attitude. Because there's politics in music, politics in movies, politics in TV, and politics in sports. There's politics in pickleball. Ah! Not pickleball. That that yeah, was, you'd be that surprised, that, man. That, that was sacred. That was the last no, bastion but, of like non-political sports. Right. It's 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 infiltrated. What what politics are there? I mean, it's it's, it's to, to one extent, you know, it's it's like f- follow the leader here. Well, yeah. it's it's become fashionable to do it. You know, if you say you're uh, going to stand for the anthem and you don't have respect for those who don't, you have to apologize three times. But if you want to slam another group, eh, it's really not that big of a deal, <laughs> depending on who's doing what. It's going so, to say Black Lives Matter on the court. So they'll, that, they'll be that reminder for everyone as the, as the camera pans up and down the court. Who disagrees with Black Lives Matter? Got to be a few people out there. You don't want Black Lives to matter? I want them to matter. I mourn for all those people who got shot in Chicago yesterday while attending a funeral of someone who got shot. Brian, as long as politics stay out, I'm in. And then you're out. Is that really political? Uh, You know, to one person it may not be, but uh, somebody else it is. I don't know how you answer that that. for everybody. I mean, it's not. I think when we get in the game, I'm not even going to notice what's written on the court. I mean, I just think I'm going to be watching the game. And I do wonder when people say they're out, how far in they were in the first place. You know, I mean, they're they're seasoned ticket holders, but that doesn't mean they go to 41 home games. You know, they sell. And depending on you talk to a seasoned ticket holder, there's somebody who goes to 30 games and there's somebody who goes to 13. You know, and they, I think if you go to 13, you're in. I would agree that going to a game twice a month, that that seems like a pretty good chunk of time you're dedicated. Some people probably watch 10 games all year. Somebody watches 50, you know, somebody watches 78. You watch all 82. You're really hardcore. Uh, sure. Yeah. You know, I, I would think the early starts keep some people from watching. You know, they're still in the car on the way home or whatever. Oh, okay. But you can listen to it. You, you can. Yeah. You got watching to be in. Yep. Just watching is not the exclusive definition of being in. Life gets in the way. We uh, understand that. <laughs> but you can still be in and not even uh, watch one second of a particular game one night. As you say, there's 82 of them, and some of them start at 4.30. So it becomes difficult when you've got families and kids and all these activities and whatnot. But that doesn't determine whether you're in or not. Rick gives us a definite maybe. Actually, I'm, I'm not sure I am. We'll, we'll see. The decision of the NBA to get involved in current issues, issues I'm frankly worn out on and don't want to see in my entertainment, makes me less likely to watch. Of course, if the Jazz make some headway in the playoffs, I'm sure I won't be able to resist it. Right now, I'm, I'm not terribly excited for it. And he got a thumbs up for that long, definite maybe. Well, the league gets in politics. I mean, it, it's a selective way. The, th- the thing about the league and the politics, you know, what, what benefits them? 
They're, they're apparently, you know, Adam Silver, they have mutual respect in China. Well, yeah, I'm watching the news last night, and they got uh, people from China, according to your channel there, uh, the nightly news. They, they're trying to steal our, our research on vaccines, but they have mutual respect. So, to me, the league has no credibility when it gets into politics, because it's all selective. So, it can't, I, don't, I don't care. It's just noise to me, because whatever, you know, they're into this, but what about that? Uh, so it, it's not a buffet. Politics can't be a uh, social issues can't be a buffet to me. <laughs> you you have to uh, what would uh, stand against all. You don't get to choose, as Kareem Abdul-Jabbar wrote in his latest editorial after the Nick Cannon thing. So I don't worry about that. Let them do what they're gonna do. What difference does that make? And, and the reality is, you can put. Whatever you want on the uh, floor. And uh, what's it doing at the ground level? It sure didn't make any difference uh, last night in Chicago. <laughs> From what I read and what I see. Scott says, I am so starved from lack of sports that I have resorted to watching Jeopardy reruns that I have not seen to satisfy my needs for observing competition. I can't wait for the NBA. Well, you're going to have to wait. I <laughs> <laughs> can't move a scrimmage up. Yeah. Move the scrimmage up 24 hours. I don't have 48. Uh, that's one of the phrases that drives me nuts. You can't wait. Well, yes, you can. It's an expression. It's not literal. You literally have no choice. So, uh, yeah, I have to say that this exhibition game that they've got is against Phoenix tomorrow. Uh, that I have never anticipated an exhibition game more than I ever have this one. Ever. Richard says, will I be able to pirate the scrimmages like a regular game? Where should I set my VPN? Got a thumbs up and a laughing emoji there. Uh, They're going to be broadcast like regular games. So, Richard, however you're uh, ripping off your cable or satellite provider, I assume you will rip them off in a normal and usual manner. I'm going to turn on the TV. I don't know about any of that. Yeah. Jake says, yep, I'm in. And where are all the naysayers that said the bubble would pop? Who said the bubble would pop? I don't know. I guess he's been hanging out. He <laughs> said the bubble would pop. There's a 99.9% survival rate. <laughs> well, they don't even have to. They're not even getting positive tests. They don't have to worry about the survival rate. I mean, it's, it's okay. They got a... I don't know. What is it? A, would it be a Teflon bubble? Would it be a how do, how platinum you know? bubble? They're, they're not. A titanium every, bubble? Every single person in the bubble has been tested. So you, you can't make that statement. You're just, you're just taking the propaganda that they put out and running. No you players can't. have tested positive is the propaganda they put out. Every single person? Yeah, I, don't, I can't say that. But it hasn't. Whatever someone, uh, you know, one of the workers who lives in Orlando who's, you know, I don't know. Preparing the food or something, or delivering Team it. Team officials, there's plenty of people there besides the players. And if there was an outbreak among them, they would go crazy. So it's nice that the players, but that's not the exclusivity of the folks that are there. Ryan says, hell yes, I'm in, despite the backlash against the restarting of the NBA. What backlash? I, I don't know. I knew you were going to say that, and I got no answer for you. I didn't know there was a backlash. 
I mean, I've heard people say, do you think that's really going to work in Florida? The numbers seem to be up there. I'm like, I don't know. I'm not in Florida. I don't know. It seems like it's working, though. I mean, they're not sending players home. They're not isolating players. We're not reading about, well, this player isn't available for any of the scrimmages because they tested positive. Well, uh, yeah, I don't know if that's true because I was listening to Monty Williams of Phoenix yesterday, and he was getting perturbed because they were asking about individuals who weren't practicing. And that would lead to the idea of possibly that they tested positive. So uh, not all of the Suns are practicing. So uh, I'm not sure that that's true. And there's speculation there with the HIPAA laws. Of course, they don't want to reveal them and all that stuff. Uh So I don't know that when they said that uh, they tested the players, did they test every single player? Of the players they tested, no one tested positive. But I don't know that they tested every single one. Maybe well, they, they did. They had uh, date restrictions and, you know, players who tested in this window. You know, now yeah. I don't know how long they're waiting to get tests back. And I'd have to go back and look at what day and how many days were not in the window. I did notice that when it came out. I, thought, oh, I wonder what happened after that. You know, or did they, right. just, they just not have them back. I don't know how reliable the tests are coming back. Um, you know, we've had a couple illnesses in our family with my daughter and my father-in-law. And so they've been tested at different times. And then Channel 2, hey, well, if he's getting tested, you got to be tested before you come back in. So then I'm getting tested. And, you know, one test comes back in two days. One test comes back in four days. One test comes back in eight days. And there's this huge lag time between people who are getting tested on the same day at the same place by the same staff. But they're not coming back at the same time. So I don't know how all that works. Seems all, yeah, it's all I'm over not the sure. map. Our listeners, our listeners really care that much. all about the testing. Yeah. You know? I think we're missing the point here. Michael Anderson, I can't wait. Two exclamation points. You're going to have to wait. <laughs> Ryan says he is, oh, I'm gonna, i got to keep the number of zeros here. He is, it looks like, yeah, 10 million percent. I couldn't tell if it was six or seven zeros there for a second. He is 10 million percent ready. That's a lot of percent. That is. Now, I would think that if you're a basketball fan, you'd be ready to go. I mean, that, you're a basketball fan. Either you are or you aren't. There's no sense trying to convince people to be a basketball fan. You know, it doesn't matter. If you're not, then that's your thing. You're not into it, so be it. But if you are... And obviously there's millions of us who are. Particularly then, you take those. I'm a basketball fan. If the Jazz never existed, it wouldn't matter as far as my interest in the game. Well, here we know that because the Jazz do exist, there's a lot of folks who are into it because of the Jazz. So I got the the regular basketball fan, which I fall into that category. And then you've got the category of, well, I'm into it because it's our, you know, it's our big time team and it's our community. And those are my guys and that's my team. So you combine those two and I would think it would be a high percentage of folks who would be into it. I don't I don't see why you wouldn't be into it, because this is still the season. You know, I'd be interested to go back. We had, in 2001, obviously with 9-11, we had an interruption to the season, right, with baseball uh, because they were in the home stretch of their season. And so everything was stopped for a while. Well, this is a longer while, we understand it, or that earthquake 
when the A's and the Giants were playing. Everything was stopped for a while. But they resumed it. It didn't make it any less competitive. right? I feel like it's the same thing here. It's not going to be any less competitive. Now, it's going to be different. You know, obviously, when they resumed baseball, the teams were playing in their stadiums in front of fans. There wasn't a pandemic going on. Uh, so there was there's differences. But the idea of an interruption has happened before, not to this extent. This is extreme. But nevertheless, now they're ready to go again and start it up. So the competition, which draws you in, I would think, in the first place, is going to be there, and it's going to be real. So it should turn around and draw you back in again. But when? Right away? In a little while? Just take a little bit to to get the juices flowing and get back into it? Because we have... uh... Yeah, I lost him here. But there was one guy who was saying uh, not for the scrimmages, but uh, for the games. And we're talking, you know, Thursday. Oh, here it is. It's Kevin. Right. Kevin Kelly. I'm not too interested in the scrimmages, but I will tune in once the games start to count. I guess I can live with that. I, I feel like I-, I probably would agree with that. But under this circumstance, uh, two reasons why I'd be in the scrimmage. Because it's the Jazz, and I have to be, and it's not like it's grueling. It's not backbreaking work to right, sit on but my the lazy fact, boy. The fact that it's it. work, we're going yeah, to do yeah. it because it's work. And and if it weren't work, you know, what would we be doing on a Thursday night? I don't, I don't know. But it's probably 50-50, whether I'd walk or not. The second reason why I'm into it, aside from because I'm a basketball fan and have been an NBA fan for many, many years, I will be interested in it just out of the curiosity's sake. If it was a regular game that they would play, down at the arena, and they play that Australian team that they have been doing. Uh, the Adelaide the 36ers? And they beat them by 100 points. Yeah, I probably wouldn't be into it that much because it wouldn't look different. Well, here, it's going to look different. So I have a curiosity sake just to observe how it actually looks and because of the fact that it's going to be a game that is unlike anything other. I think there was a, there was a while back... Several years ago, they did a preseason game outdoors in Palm Springs. I can't even remember who played. Dallas. It was, the, was it? I, it seems like it was Dallas and the Clippers or something like that. But anyway, well, it doesn't matter. Maybe say, Phoenix. I was going to say probably Phoenix, Phoenix and somebody from the, the Los Angeles teams. They would be the two closest teams. I think the, from the Phoenix area, Palm Springs is about three and a half, four hours. And, and from the L.A. area, it's about two hours. So sort of kind of meet in the middle. And I remember watching it because it was played outdoors at night. And it was different. It was unusual. And so from that aspect... I would watch. Maybe I wouldn't watch the whole game like I will because it's the Jazz. But I would certainly check out the beginning of it just to see. Like when they play that, uh, when the Little League World Series is there, they've created the big league stadium and they and they bring the teams in, or they go into uh, down to Mexico or Puerto Rico or something. It's different. And they were going to do the Field of Dreams game. Well, that's going to be different, you know. So something to just look at that's different. I was watching yesterday. I actually watched uh, uh, Texas play. They're playing the Rockies. They got a new stadium. So I wanted to see what the stadium was about. And see, you, you don't get a full flavor of it unless you go to the stadium. But, you know, you can see it's a little bit different than what you're used to. I've been to the Texas stadium, the prior one that they played. So, uh, you know, I would watch that. And then I, what I like to do is, like you mentioned, that Pittsburgh stadium and how they got that bridge out there. 
well, after I went to the stadium, then it was cool to turn around and watch it on television because it just it felt a little bit different because you had experienced it. I had walked across that bridge and over the river and all that stuff. So that's what I'll do here out of just curiosity to see what's it going to be like without being play, without it being played in a regular NBA arena. Yeah, I generally don't watch preseason games for a couple minutes, but they just don't hold my attention. And it doesn't matter if it's NFL, Major League Baseball, preseason basketball, the stuff I watch, and that's why what you said I think is spot on, is I watch the stuff I have to. You know, you're covering the Jazz, so if you go to a preseason game, yeah, you're going you're gonna to watch it. But you don't, I don't watch it for entertainment. Uh, I think this is a little different, though, because there's just three before eight regular season games before the playoffs. You know, usually, you know, usually we'd be getting ready for NFL preseason games here in a couple weeks, and there'd be four of them before you have four months of regular season before you get to the playoffs. The fact that these, they're going to be playing these scrimmages and in two and a half weeks we're going to be in playoff games, I guess that makes it a little more intriguing because since they started talking about this restart, you know, and we'd hear from Joe and he's like, well, this isn't even like a continuation season. This, this feels like an off season now. We've been at home with the family for so long doing, doing nothing else but family stuff. So I think that, uh, you know, that, that thought of, hey, are, are one of the better teams here going to have a problem, you know, reengaging in the season, just going to be done, makes a startup a little more intriguing. I think that the closer we get to it, the more it feels like, well, teams will just be who they are. You know, if you were great, you'll be great. If you were very good, you'll be very good. Maybe it won't play out that way. Maybe somebody will be shorthanded or unable to flick the switch and all that. But I think the more we hear these guys talk and they're down there, that I'm, I think that's less and less of a factor in my mind. Well, the reason, another reason why I'm going to be interested in, because they've just played 60-some games with a particular lineup, and now a critical player yeah. in that lineup is not going to be there, obviously, in bogey. So what are they going to do? And because the season is literally next week, they I don't know that you would see some crazy, funky lineups for just for the sake of crazy, funky lineups. Now, you may see some different lineups, but I think Quinn Snyder is going to have a point if that's what he's doing, he's not just going to put some guys out there. Uh, we got three or four more of these, so I can, you know, just experiment, let these young guys play. I don't think we're going to see that. I don't necessarily know we're going to see Joe Ingles play 33 minutes. I don't necessarily think that there's a reason for that. But I do think we have a possibility of seeing stuff that we would see that we will actually see in the season because the season is right around the corner. So you've got to use these games appropriately. So I'm interested in that. That's another intrigue that you normally wouldn't have in a preseason game of a traditional sense is that time is of the essence more so here. So what are they going to do? How are they going to pursue? Because clearly, obviously, Quinn Snyder has known about this for weeks and months, literally. And so they've got ideas and they've got plans, and now they want to execute them. So I think that in terms of a game that is rendered meaningless, it actually has a little more importance than something that we would see in the first week of October. You know, he doesn't want to tip his hand too much, obviously, uh, nor is he going to say too much. But I think, you know, actions speak louder than words. So we'll watch these scrimmages to figure out, you know, how many different combinations is he checking out? You know, is he more invested in plan A than plan B? And we'll judge that on, you know, how many minutes he gives one lineup and how many minutes he gives another and who's in the closing lineup and that kind of stuff. Sure. Have you heard me talk, though? 
Have I heard you talk? Yeah, because I would refute that statement that actions speak louder than words because I think I'm pretty loud, (laughs) and I'm not sure my actions are actually louder than my words because my words are very loud. Uh, It probably depends on the actions. You know, I don't think your treadmill actions speak that loudly in any individual moment. Your combined time on the treadmill Oh, you should see loudly. me, man. I'm, I'm, I'm like those women tennis players with the grunting with each passing mile. Ha, 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 ha. You know what I mean? Sadly, I'm afraid I do. Yeah, kind of exactly. wish I didn't, though. <laughs> you know, right now, I got to say that I know you're watching soccer, but I'm watching the end of The Godfather. And Mo, Green is, Mo Green is about to take a bullet in oh, the Oh, is eye. he? Right in the eye. Well, yeah. Well, he popped off to Michael. You don't do that. <laughs> and he slapped around Fredo. You don't do that. I still, it's funny, of all the times I've watched the end of this movie, I don't know, 10, 15, 20. I know for you it's 1,000, 2,000, 3,000. Um, but when I watch it with my son, it's interesting. You know, I, I don't remember what I thought the first time I saw it play out. Uh, but I remember looking at my son as they get to the as they get to the, you know the critical scene at the end and the cutting back and forth between the baptism and uh, and him uh, uh, having his people take out you know <laughs> basically everybody. <laughs> and my son is like suddenly it's all coming together. The title of the movie, the baptism. This guy is wiping out every key player he'd compete with uh, on, in the New York crime scene, <laughs> and he's like, oh. He is cold-blooded. Yes. Yes, he is. Michael Corleone. I just think he's normal. Normal. (laughs) He's not normal. It's about family, man. That's the essence of the movie, my friends. It's also about money and power. That is family. In order for your family to be happy, you got to have money and power. Yes, but the family isn't happy, as he acknowledges later on. Well, that, that's because guys are getting in the way. You got to take care of business, man. You got to protect your family. Mo Green. My wife, when she worked at Washington, which is down there in South Central, assistant principal was named Mo Green. Did you ever have a talk with him about that? No, he was a good guy, though. Uh, he loved my wife as a, as a teacher and a coach. He was her uh, champion, time advocate, yeah, for sure, yeah. yeah. He was a good, good guy. He was at the end of his teaching career or administrator career. He's getting ready to retire. Never had a chance at uh, some uh, some event to say. Do you get a lot of Godfather comments? <laughs> no. People make jokes no, about that be, and think it's funny. No, when she was coaching, I would have to go. I actually stopped going because I couldn't take the uh, comments of the fans in the stands. Ah, uh, parents so. out of control. Even then, huh? Mm-hmm. It's oh, not new. Sure, yeah. <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah. So I would sit. And uh, watch, particularly when she coached softball, and I'd hear some stuff, and I literally said, "I can't do this. I'm going to get myself in trouble." Yeah. So I stopped going. <laughs> uh, Adam, guy's running oh, up good. the stairs. He just got shot in the back. And <laughs> now he's tumbling down the stairs. Great scene. Let's give Adams the last word here on this segment with the Jazz restarting in 48 hours. Are y'all in? Old caps. Hell yes! And then lower caps. Lowercase. I'm in. It's a great way to start off my three-day weekend. Even my wife is stoked. Let's go, Jazz Nation. Let's go all the way. We'll go as far as you can, at least, please. <laughs> oh, yeah. A little I realism like at the end. Go all the way. Yeah. Okay, go as far as you can. Started out high and then yeah, you finished did. with the win. Uh, okay. Well, yeah, and, and I'm going to – I mean, I could be dead wrong on this, 
but in my mind, the Jazz are going to go as far with Bogdanovich as without. And I know on the surface that doesn't make sense, and it doesn't take away from what he's what he's accomplished because he's been a fun player to watch, and I thought he's had an excellent season. I look forward to him coming back next year because the team, in my mind, logically will be better next year because they were incorporating so many new guys, and next year they'll be able to do it uh, smoother and be able to hit the ground running more so. But I have a faith in the guys that remain and I say guys, plural, to find ways to pick up where Bogdanovich uh, left off with his contribution. Now, that's my thought. I could be totally off base, but I am certainly eager to see if I'm – and we'll never know, obviously, but I think they can – the point is I think they can have success without Bogdanovich with the players that they have, with several of them stepping up more than they've been doing. You know, I, I think we can all talk ourselves into that. I keep coming back to the point, though, that in a league where shooting is so important, how do you lose a player who shoots a three-pointer that well and not feel the loss? And I, and I want to believe the next guy up, and there's other guys waiting for their opportunity, and you know, we can all say there's situations where that happens, right? I mean, Tom Brady is the – I mean, is there any athlete bigger than Tom Brady right now? Maybe LeBron? Oh, LeBron, for sure. Okay. So so Brady has had this awesome career, but there was a time when Bledsoe got hurt, and it's like, oh, this kid from Michigan is coming in. Can he do this or not? Now, it turns out, oh, you have no idea. Well, that's the beauty of sports. We had no idea that this 20-year career was being launched when he came in because Bledsoe got hurt. You know, so that's an extreme example, but you never know who's going to get an opportunity and seize it and run with it. You know, and it doesn't mean that they'll have the exact same thing as uh, skill set as Bogdanovich and replace him in the same way. Uh, so you're always curious when someone gets a chance to have a bigger role, what they'll do with it. Uh, but in a league where three point shooting is critical, and this guy's one of the best three point shooters, it's got to hurt them, you would think. Now, you could argue that. You know, if they go out in the second round, well, they're going to go out in the second round anyway. You, maybe you argue that you think they were going to lose in the first round anyway, and now they're going to lose in the first round. So maybe there isn't a big difference, but it just seems like when you lose a guy who's that good at such a critical thing, it's got to hurt the team. But that's a reason to watch to see if that's true. That's one of the reasons to watch. All right, DJ and PK, and PK's right. We are watching RSL here. They're playing the morning game of Sporting Kansas City. They gave up a goal to Johnny Russell in the first minute. That is still the game's only goal. They're now into the 39th minute, almost to halftime. We'll keep you updated. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. There are a couple of reasons that I didn't become a doctor. Same reasons you what, didn't what? become a paleontologist? Why do you crack a smile and well, then make just, a joke? I'm just saying, like, yeah, there's a couple of reasons I wasn't a lawyer. Number one, the LSAT scared me. Number two, I thought I'd fail miserably. And number three, I didn't think I was smart enough. So, yeah, there are just a couple of reasons why I didn't become a lawyer. Can I make a point without you attacking me? I'm not attacking you. Like, you've never talked about wanting to be a doctor before. To me, this seems like you were just right on the cusp of going to medical school and then just these one or two little things came up and made you think, no, I'm not going to do that. Doctor. 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 Can you not attack me? You know, it bugs me when you do that. Doctor. 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 Stop playing that. And doctor. Well, we miss anyone? Hanson Scotting. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Too much time on my 
with a little extra time on your hands. It's time to talk about what we're doing to kill time. What did you watch last night? With DJ and PK on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Too much time on my hands. Too much time on my Swinger Networks is home to complete business telecom and IT solutions backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communications for 21st century Utah. Get started now at SeringaNetworks.net. Oh, man. What? (laughs) Mo Green? No, no, no. Don't insult my intelligence. Now, who approached you? Was it Tatalia or Barzini? And that's where Carlos says Barzini which then confirms to Michael what he thought but did not know for sure. And so then, of course, Carlo... Goes out get, to the car. He's got an answer for Santino, right? <laughs> and then, you know, he's just... Michael was just godfather to his sister's son. And I can relate to Michael because I stood there in the Catholic Church and I am godfathered to my sister's son. I mean, it's... And this is, this is serious stuff that we have in the Catholic religion, right? So, now you're wondering, all right, what's this wacko talking about, how it relates to sports? Carlo would possibly, not maybe not today because he'd be older, but he would have lived his life if he would have told Michael, it was nobody. I didn't do anything. They would have spared his life. Now, how does that relate to sports? Exactly. There's a direct connection. When the NCA comes snooping around, I've been told by multiple people, just tell them you didn't do it. Nope. Didn't happen. <laughs> Don't know what you're talking about. I've been told if Nick Emery would have said, nah, did you get this, this, and this? Nope. They would have just moved on because they're not really an investigative branch. That's not what they do. So, and that's why we see some of these coaches in basketball in particular, they're still coaching. Kansas and Arizona have gotten the death penalty. No, they haven't. And getting invites to the NCAA tournament. Bill Self coaching. the NCAA, what do you think you're going to do to me? Let's be real here. Yeah. And as long as the school doesn't get rid of you, then you're probably not going to lose your job. So just don't tell them the truth. So Carlo, man, I realize it was the 40s, but if I would have been around, I would have said, don't tell them about Brazzini. Just say you didn't know. You didn't do anything. You had nothing to do with Santino's death. Don't insult my intelligence. He says ah. it's so cold-blooded. And then he tries to go hug him, and then Michael says, get out of my sight. <laughs> so it's no longer what were you watching last night. Now it's what are you watching during the commercial break? What are you watching right now? Right now. It's during not, the commercial it's not during the commercial No, uh, Connie right now is going hysterical. She's hysterical. Don't ask me about my business. I'll let you do it this one time. <laughs> I watched the Dodgers and the Angels last night, and they had a conversation that I thought if you had been sitting there, you would have said, Total BS. Total BS? Yes. They're having a conversation. You know, they're playing at Dodger Stadium, and they got the cardboard cutouts behind home plate. And uh, they were discussing, you know, with no crowd noise, how's the game going to be different? And I don't know who the broadcasters were, but they were talking about how um, one of the uh, 
theories that has been debated when the guys are just sitting around. There's, there's some hurry up and wait time in baseball to debate this stuff. Is our pitchers going to throw us hard? They're not going to have the crowd to amp them up in big situations. And is that going to cost some, some guys just a little bit of velocity? And I'm thinking, no, I think in a situation you get fired up and you, you'll lie to yourself to make yourself mad and find that. You'll, you'll listen to, your, to whatever music, you know. You can just grab your phone and, and fire yourself up before you go into a game or whatever, whatever your routine is or whatever you need to make your routine to compensate in these new times. Do you think guys are going to lose a mile or two an hour off their fastball because there's no crowd? No, because I think they get jacked up. I think that in in the moment that they're looking at the catcher and they're not sure if there's uh, 1,000 or 50,000. And many of these guys, uh, particularly guys who are coming out of high school, junior college, they weren't playing in front of that many people anyway. So it, it, it's you know, like Joe Ingles, that reference that you said about international competition mm-hmm. when you kick off at 9 o'clock on a Thursday in the morning, you don't have a big crowd there. So I, I don't know that it's necessarily total BS, but I think that uh, it's at least partial. You know, I can't say for every single per, uh, pitcher, uh, does that work? Uh, can, can I say it's BS for every single? There might be some where that does get them fired up but to a degree. Uh, but, you know, is it uh, a mile or two? Is that going to make a difference versus location? And the threat of throwing something else. So I, I think to me, just about any major league batter, if he knows he can key off your fastball exclusively, I think he becomes a much better hitter. So, yeah, you can have that heat, and that's great. But I think you got to have other stuff to actually get guys out, and you got to have it in the right location. So we'll see how that plays out. There was somebody who put out there, Dodger Stadium, you know, the uh, cardboard cutouts, if they wanted to make it realistic, they, they would have had the cardboard cutouts looking down at their phones instead of actually watching the game. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right, DJ and PK coming up, Steve Clowkey. Play-by-play voice of the Salt Lake Bees to talk baseball restart. Joe Ingles at 9 o'clock. Stay with us.